Amen. Open your Bibles this morning to Psalm 127. Psalm 127. This year, in the last year, Bruce Jenner legally changed his name to Caitlyn Jenner. He underwent aggressive surgical and medical procedures to appear now as a woman. And he now talks about the struggles that women have now that he can self-identify with them. Uh, In response to that, he has been applauded. In response to that, he has been celebrated. ESPN gave him an award for courage. He received the Arthur Ashe Award for Courage from ESPN. Glamour Magazine named him one of the 25 most glamorous women of the year. Today he is being held as a brave proponent for civil rights, as a brave proponent for civil equality. He has even been called today a hero. Now before I start to get carried away with that, before I tell you all the crazy things with that, all the things wrong and messed up with that, uh, I want to just ask you today very simply, How did we ever get here? How did we ever get here? How did we ever get to the point that this absurd nonsense is now promoted and accepted as normal and even called heroic? How did we ever get here? How did we ever get to the point that the second largest retailer has now decided that you can enter the restroom of your choosing depending upon how you self-identify? How did we ever get there? How do we ever get to the point that what devious and deluded minds of men that they devise and they proclaim now outrides and outweighs what God has proclaimed? How do we ever get here? How do we ever get to the point that a, a cake maker following their religious ideals is mocked and derided in our country while a radical Islamist, a Muslim, killing for their religious ideals is defended in our country. How did we ever get here? I was wondering last night as I was watching the news, how did we ever get to the point that out of 323.7 million Americans that the two best candidates that we could have that would lead our nation as president, both of them profess to be followers of Jesus Christ and both of them are absolutely morally bankrupt. How did we ever get there? Look around today. We're in a mess. Our nation's a mess. Our culture's a mess. How did we ever get here? I'll tell you this morning what I believe. I believe we got here because our nation has turned its back on the God who has blessed it. I believe that has happened because today the home, lacking godly leadership of godly men, has disintegrated today. That's what I believe. I believe the home lacking godly leadership and godly men has disintegrated. I believe that's turned our nation and we're chasing every which way and the foundation is gone. And I believe that's the start of our demise today. You say, well, you really believe that? It's not just because this is Father's Day. I'll tell you, these problems arise with the disintegration of the Christian home in America today. Listen to me today. We need revival in our homes today. We need Christian men to stand up and lead their homes today. We need to have a move and a change of hearts in the lives of men today. 
that we might have Christian homes. Our message today is entitled, A Dad Not Ashamed. A Dad Not Ashamed. We're in Psalm 127. Today we're in verses 3 through 5. These simple verses. Psalm 127. Today verses 3 through 5. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the reverence and the honor of the reading of God's word. A Dad Not Ashamed. Beginning here in the third verse. It says this. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, we are rejoicing in you. We're rejoicing today that you are alive, that you are the one true living God. We're thankful that you're full of grace and full of mercy and that your love is eternal, that you're over all things, but you're even in the smallest things. And and we see your hand moving in great detail in this service, in our lives today. We praise you for that. We come today and we're thankful for the truth of your word. And we're, we're, we're coming today and I pray that as we begin to study that you would speak to us. That you would lead us. That you would convict us. That we would be changed as we hear the truth of what God has spoken. I ask dear Lord that you would forgive us where we've turned away. Forgive us where we've become apathetic. Forgive us where we've been distracted. And I pray that, that today on Father's Day 2016 that there might be a turning in the hearts of men today. I come and I lay this at your feet, asking that you would move, knowing that it's all in vain unless you do move. And so I trust that to you. I pray in the powerful name of my Savior, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today we're going to move through our verses, and then we're going to come back and we're going to apply our verses. As we today make our first pass through these verses, First off, we're going to see true truth today. We're going to see first the treasure of children. The treasure of children. Then we're going to see the second thing, the charge of fatherhood. The charge of fatherhood. So let's begin today as we move through our verses. First starting with the treasure of children. Look at verse 3 with me if you would. It starts off and it says, Behold. Behold. Now I want to stop here for just a second. What that means is take notice. It means observe this. Behold, here is the truth. And then it continues. Children are a gift of the Lord. Another translation, in fact several other translations say children are a heritage of the Lord. Children are a gift of the Lord. And then it continues The fruit of the womb, that means what comes forth from the womb, again referring to children, the fruit of the womb, they are a reward. Here in this verse, very simply, very quickly, we are given the truth today about the value of children. Understand, the Bible says they are a gift from God. They are a gift of the Lord. The Bible says they are a reward. Now, See these two words today, a gift, a reward. Those are positive terms describing a positive 
thing. And so understand today what the Bible is showing us here is that children are not a negative. Sometimes our culture has begun to see children in a different light. Understand the truth of God's word is children are not a negative. Children are not a punishment. Children are not a burden. Children are not a financial drain upon your life. Children are not an inconvenience to your schedule or to your plan or to your reputation. No, the Bible tells us they are a blessing, they are a gift, a treasure from God. You know what? We need a turning in our land today that we see our kids. You know what? They're not some inconvenience that's coming. We've got to deal with them and work our way around them. They are a blessing. They are a treasure from God. That's what the Bible says. That's how we're to esteem them. That's how we are to value them. Let me ask you this. How does that add up with the fact that last year, 506 815,000 babies were aborted in this country, in the United States of America, last year alone. How does that add up with children or a blessing, a treasure, a gift from God? Since 1973, when the law changed in the United States of America, 59 million babies have been aborted. How does that add up? Look at the message of Planned Parenthood today. They, they would say that, that they're all about Planned Parenthood. Therefore, an unplanned or undesired child holds lesser value. Well, look at, the, look at the verse here. Notice what it says. It says, children, notice, no qualifiers. Children are a gift. They are a gift of the Lord. All children, not children of a certain race, all races. Not children of a certain income level, all income levels. Not children of, a, of, a, of a, a specific health expectation. All children are a treasure from God. We need to stand upon that. We need to proclaim that today. Our children are a treasure from God. Let me tell you something. I've told you this before. I'll never forget, and I don't want to ever forget, and I don't think I will, but I'll never forget the first time I held my kids. And man, I'll just tell you, whoo, I got some awesome kids. I'll never forget the first time I held my kids. All three of my kids were born through a C-section. Carrie had gone through that ordeal. They cut her open. She's strapped down there. And, and after the deal, she's sitting over there and she's sick. And so they bring those babies and they wrap them up in that little blanket and they hand them to me. Let me tell you, nobody had to tell me that verse. It was written upon my heart. Children are a treasure from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God for our kids. Thank God for all children. They are a treasure, a blessing, a gift of the Lord. Moving to the next verse, we see the next truth. First, we see how we are to hold our kids how we're to esteem kids, how we're to value kids. They're a blessing. They're a gift of the Lord. Second thing we see in the fourth verse, we see the charge of fatherhood. The charge of fatherhood. Look at verse 4. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Now I want to tell you, as I came across this passage about two months ago, and as I started looking at it for Father's Day, this is the section, this is the verse that caught my attention. 
like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Here in the verse 4, the psalmist now uses an analogy. He now paints a picture. He says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. And, and picture that. That's what he's describing here. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Now that's kind of a weird description. That's kind of a strange picture to paint. We're going to look deeper at that here in just a second. But I do not want us to miss this one word here in verse 4. Dads, fathers, men, today, do not miss this one word here in verse 4, and that is the word warrior. In the hand of a warrior. Husband, let me tell you what your wife needs today. She needs a warrior. Fathers, let me tell you what your kids need today. They need a warrior. Men, let me tell you what your home needs today. It needs a warrior. You know what the cause of Christ needs today? What we're missing today? It's warriors. You know what the church needs today? It is warriors. Men that are warriors. Husbands, your wife needs to know that you're her advocate. She needs to know that you're her leader, that you're committed to her at all costs and whatever the cost is. Your wife needs to know and she needs to be assured of the fact that whatever happens and whatever might come along, you're her warrior. Your wife needs a warrior today. Dads, your kids need to know today and they need to be assured of. Look at the crud and the garbage and the wishy-washiness that our kids endure. Your kids need to know today and they need to be assured of the fact today that whatever happens in their life, whatever comes into their life, that they can trust you, that they can rely on you, that you're their advocate, that you're their leader, that you're committed to them at all costs and above all other costs. And they need to be able to say, my dad is my warrior. That's what your kids need today. Today people come and they want to talk about all the mixed up kids today. They want to talk about all the, the messed up kids today. All the problems of kids today. And I'll tell you today, it's the wrong discussion. You see, the real discussion is not the messed up kids. The real discussion is all the missing dads. And I'll just tell you, I'm not talking about the baby daddies, and I'm, I'm sick to death of that term. It's not talking about the baby daddies who pro procreated and disappeared somewhere, as sorry as that is. It's talking about some of the daddies that are in the home but are acting like babies, putting their needs and their desires ahead of that of their home. Men, God's called you to be a warrior. Today in 2016, in the mess we're living in, warriors are needed in our homes today. Men, he's calling you to be a warrior. Some of you say, man, that's pretty tough. I didn't, I didn't want to come here and get chewed out on Father's Day. <laughs> I want to tell you that you sit in my office and you look at the little eyes of these broken-hearted kids that, that suffer because of some selfish, absent dad. And I'll tell you, you'll agree with me. We need warriors in our homes today. Look at verse 5. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Now understand the context here. The city gate 
is where the disputes or where the arguments in this day were settled. We've got a disagreement. We're making a deal. We're having a contract. Let's meet at the city gate and we'll argue our dispute. We'll come to an arrangement, a settlement there at the city gate. Well, verse 5 says, the man who has a quiver full, full now that's, that's talking about the leather, the leather pouch that you carry the arrows in. The man that has a quiver full of these arrows, these kids, they will not be ashamed when they meet with others and very specifically when they meet with their enemies at the city gate. Now what that means is this. Listen to this. Godly kids raised in a godly home by godly parents will speak for themselves. That's what that means. A godly kid raised in the nurture of a godly home by the, by the godly parents that God blessed them with, they will testify to your character. You don't have to go to the city gate and argue your character. The quality of your kids will testify to your character. Now, let me just tell you something. This isn't just talking about dads. It's also talking about mothers. Proverbs 31 says of this righteous mother that her kids will rise up and call her blessed. That means they'll bless her. They'll testify also to her character. Understand, godly, God-honoring kids, they'll testify to the upbringing that their parents have given them. You want to secure a reputation for yourself? Don't go look for it in the world. You establish it in your home. You want to be a big deal somewhere? Don't go try and be a big deal in the world. You be a big deal in your home. And your kids will testify to your character. Now let's go and apply this today. What does this mean for us today? Father's Day 2016. What does this mean? What are we to do with with these verses, with this teaching today? Let's go back to verse 4. We're going to apply it. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Again, here the picture is the father as a warrior. But the picture also is the children as arrows in the hands of that warrior. Now, in application, we're going to see here three things that you do to an arrow. Three things that you do to an arrow. First thing you do to an arrow. How do we apply this? The first thing you do to an arrow is you sharpen them. You sharpen them. Let me tell you something. A dull arrow is ineffective. It's not effective. A dull arrow is not ready to be useful. Listen to me today. The dad's job is to sharpen his kids. His job is to ready his kids. Let me tell you, why is there all the trouble we have today? Why do we have all this craziness going on in our world today? I believe it's because men, for whatever reason, have allowed somebody else to try and sharpen their kids. And they thought, you know what, I'll drop them off at the church and the church will sharper them. Or I'll take them to the school and the school will do that. Or, or as Hillary Clinton said, we'll take them and let the village take a shot at that. Or maybe nobody does it at all. Listen to me. It's the dad's job to teach those kids, to train those kids. It's the dad's job to equip his kids. Sometimes we act like, well, we'll let the mother do it. It's not her job. It's yours. Well, I hope somebody else will do it at the school or at the Sunday school class. It's not their job. Now, we'll make an attempt at it. 
Sometimes we're all these kids of God, but I'll tell you, it's the dad's job to equip his kids. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he's old, he will not depart from it. First thing we do is we sharpen our kids. You sharpen an arrow. Second thing you do, you aim an arrow. You aim an arrow. What that means is you set the course. Now, this is the picture that Jesus painted for, or that the Bible painted for us here. You set the course. You set the direction. Now, the verse is not only that you would train up your kids, but it's also that you would train them up in the way they should go. You set the direction. See this today. Now, I want to tell you, sometimes we think, well, this is a complicated thing. And I don't know enough Bible to do this. And I haven't been in church enough myself to do this. And, and man, if I'd been to the seminary, I'm not, I might not know how to do this. Listen to me. It's not complicated. There's only two ways to go. The way of the world or the way of God. Well, as a dad, you're to teach them to follow the ways of God. You're to establish the Christian foundation in your home. You're to point your kids to a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's to happen in the context of the home. You're to set the example in the home that we're going to live for the glory of God here. You set the direction in your home. Today people say, and it's, it's been popular about the last 40 years, people come and they say, you know what, the smart way, the enlightened way is to let that little kid find his own way. To let that kid make his own mistakes and let them find their own path. I'm not going to tell them their path. I'm not going to tell them this. I don't want to indoctrinate them. I don't want to set their course for them. And that's, that's the enlightened way. Let me tell you something. That might be the enlightened way. It's not the biblical way. The Bible says a godly man leads his home and he sets the direction, the course for those kids. That's why Joshua said, think about that. As for me and my house, he got to speak for his house. We got men today that don't want to speak for their house. He said, as for me and my household, we will serve, we will follow the Lord. So what do you do to an arrow? You sharpen them. You aim them. And the third thing you do, you release them. You release them. Now follow with me. You prepare an arrow, you sharpen it, and you get them ready. You teach them the truth of God's foundation. You teach them who God is. You sharpen that arrow. You not only do that, but you aim that arrow, and you tell them, you know what, we're going to live to honor God. And the best way you're going to live, young child, is you're going to live a way that honors God. And that's what you seek to do in every decision that you make. And you're going to help chart the course as they seek to honor God. But there is also a day that you have to pull back the string and release the arrow. And then it flies, and it makes an impact for the glory of God. See, that's God's plan. I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I think that's hard. That, that hurts. I'm not looking forward to the day. Sarah's four years from getting out of high school. I'm not looking forward to that day, but it's God's plan. Godly kids are to be so built and so equipped and so trained that there's a day that in the confidence that you have because of the, the home that you established that you can pull back that arrow and you can release them and you can know God's going to use that life to make a godly 
impact. That's the picture. That's God's plan. Today will be the first Father's Day since my dad passed away. And it's been sometimes a hard, a hard time, a hard place. And I see this picture, and I'll tell you I love this picture. This was just a little over a year ago. I see this picture, and when I see it, I see the providence, and I see the provision, and I see the plan of God. I look in that picture and I see my dad who laid my foundation that we will honor God. That we're going to trust God's word and that's, that's how we're going to live and we're going to respond like our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I see that picture, my, my dad, a godly man. But I also see my kids and Truman and Emily, his grandkids, who are going to continue. They're my responsibility. Who are going to one day continue. And they're, going to, they're going to be sharpened in the grace of God. And they're going to be sharpened in the, in the nurture of their Christian home. And then one day they're going to sit and they're going to be in pictures of their own and the heritage will go forward. And it will all be for God's glory. Father's Day 2016. Men, let's be that kind of man. Men, let's lead that kind of home. Men, let's leave that kind of heritage. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that whatever this day holds, whatever any day holds, you're faithful. That you're trustworthy. That that you've made a provision, you've made a plan, and, and, mo and most of all through Christ, that, that we can come today and we can be forgiven, that we can be restored, that we can be renewed, that we would have salvation through Christ. And may we not overlook that. I'm thankful for that. Thankful that, that you've overcome death. But I'm also thankful that you have a plan for life. And for us today as Christians, that, that you've left us your word to guide us. And I, I pray that today maybe we have a renewed conviction as we, as we come to your word that we're to be Men and women, we're to be parents that lead homes, that, that point our kids to Jesus Christ. And, and some, of the, some of the men here, we've messed up and help us to be renewed and, and help us to get back on track. Some of the ladies here are having to raise their kids in the absence of a man. Empower them as well. I pray for these kids. Raise up a generation of arrows that will shoot out and make an impact for your glory. We come today and we tell you we love you and we thank you. We praise you. We rejoice in you. And I pray today in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close our service today with a time of response, a time of invitation, a time to respond to the truth of God's word. And I want to tell you there might be several different responses to God's word today. First is this. If you're here and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to tell you that the good news of the gospel, the arrows that we're going to shoot out is going to, is going to promote to you, proclaim to you the gospel, and that is this. We're all sinners. Because of sin, we've earned a punishment, death, separation from God for eternity. But the good news of the gospel is Jesus paid our penalty. He took our punishment upon himself. And the Bible says if, if we believe that and we receive it by faith, if we'll profess it with our mouth because we believe it in our heart, we will be saved. And I want to tell you maybe the first thing you ought to do today is say, well, do I have a relationship with Jesus Christ? That is the first thing you ought to do. 
Have I ever received that? If I just talked about it, if I heard about it, has there been a day that I said, you know what, I know I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. God, forgive me of my sin, and today I profess you as my Lord. If that day's never happened, I want to pray. I want to tell you, I've been praying that this might be that day, that God would so speak to you today that you couldn't deny it, that his spirit would draw you, that the, the preaching of his word would convict you, and today might be that day. If that's you today, in just a moment, we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. I want to encourage you to come and just slip out and meet me here at the front and let's settle that today. And it's not the coming up here that does anything. It's coming and saying, you know what? I'm a sinner. Today I want to settle that. And I want to, I want to have a new start, a clean slate. And I want to be right with a righteous, holy God. You come and you settle that today. If that's you, in just a moment you come, I'll meet you here. If you're here and you've done that, but you've never fallen in believer's baptism, I want to give you the opportunity to come and say, you know what? I, I want that testimony to stand of, of what I believe about Christ. And so you'd come and say, yes, I'm a follower of Christ, but I want to be baptized to, to show the world what I believe of Jesus, that he, that he went in a grave and he came out alive. But more than that, what's happened to me in Christ, that my old self has died and my new self now lives and walks with him. And so maybe you're here and you, you, you want to say, you know what? I want that testimony in my life. And so I want to come, and I am a Christian, but I want to be baptized to show people what I believe of Christ. You come, we'll take care of that as well. Maybe you're here looking for a church home, and if you've prayed about it, and you believe God's led you here, I want to give you an opportunity to come as well and say, you know what, I want to unite with this church. I want to serve in this church. God might be glorified here. You come, and we'll take care of that as well. Maybe your response is to say, you know what, I'm a mom, or I'm a dad, and I want to lead my kids, and I want to train my kids in such a way they're a sharp arrow ready to make an impact for the glory of the living God. And maybe that's your response today. Maybe you want to come and pray here with me. Maybe you want to pray at an altar. We're not in a hurry to get where we're running a few minutes late. It doesn't matter. We'll stay here as long as we need to. We're going to have a time of invitation. And I'm going to ask no one to stir about, no one head for an exit. We'll be done in just a moment. But if God has spoken to you, you want to pray with me. You have a decision to make. You want to pray at an altar. I'm going to ask that you do it at this time. As we stand and sing, you let God move. We stand and sing. You have a decision to make. You step out.